give you and that you will gain better understanding of God's working in your life. I don't want to waste your time. I want you to leave here knowing your heavenly father better. Every one of us, you know, when uh, Pastor Todd led us in prayer and he was mentioning if it's been a tough week, if it's been this, if it's been that, um, if you're there, raise your hand. And I looked around, of course, I looked to my right, and some of the Hope House ladies had their hands up. I looked to my left, and some of you folks had your hand up, just raised. Times are tough. We're living in a world that is full of seemingly uncertainty. We don't know from one day to the next what's going to happen. We do the very best that we can, and yet there seems to be trouble coming and trouble coming, and we don't understand, and we wonder where God is. Anybody with me? Anybody ever experienced that? And I don't want to start this out and you get depressed and you get to thinking, yeah, yeah, look, I'm all, I'm all in my problems right now. I'm thinking about all of my problems right now. Well, we're not the only ones. The Bible is full of examples of men and women who were searching for God, who was wondering some of the same things. Humanity really hasn't changed, folks, and our pattern of thinking hasn't changed over the eons of time. Men and women have basically remained the same in regards to their dedication, their worship to God. We've, we've had peaks and valleys, don't get me uh, wrong, but overall, if you grade it all out, it's pretty much the same. People struggle in life. People struggle with problems. People struggle with things going on. People struggle with their own personal relationship with God, their own personal relationship with other people, all of these things. In the book of Judges, in the sixth chapter, If you have your Bibles or your Bible, uh, let's start at about verse number, I don't know, 12. That's a good place to start. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I want you to remember what he called him, how he spoke to him, this man named Gideon. And I want you to understand his response to what was going on. But sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and put us into the hands of the Midians. Anybody ever been there? Now, I'm not talking about this. I'm talking about in your life. When someone would say to you, the Lord's with you, or rise up, mighty warrior, or get over these things, mighty warrior. Get over, and it doesn't matter, male or female, it doesn't matter about that, but get up, rise up. And your response would be, where is God? Where's God in my home? Where's God in my children's life? 
Where is his workings? What is he doing? What's going on? First and foremost, let me say to you this morning, church, that I believe I'm totally and completely convinced there's not anything in me at all that says to me that I would believe that God is not a God of miracles and that God is not a God of miracles for today, that God's performing miracles today. When I'm at the Hope House, and if any of you ever had the opportunity to go there, preferably female, but when I'm there, I see miracles. I see God working. And yet there are times when I sit with these ladies, and you would think beyond a shadow of a doubt that God's not in their life, that God's not there, that God's abandoned the place by their own report. And I would try to remind them, but last week, you remember last week, before the judge or before the probation officer or before this or before that, the mighty work of God in your life. Yes, but that was last week. Where's God today? And that's basically what he's saying. And that's basically what you and I are saying. We get so caught up in today, just today. We don't remember yesterday. It's just today. It's the trouble of today. We don't remember the God of yesterday. And Gideon is saying, but where is he? Where is he? Now, I know what he's gone through. I've read this through. I understand where Gideon is. I don't want to preach about someone that I haven't studied and understood where they're at and where they're coming from. And it's not just today that he's speaking of. Excuse me. But it's yesterday, it's last week, it's last month. Excuse me again. It's just it's not just in the moment, but right now it is in the moment. Right now the angel of the Lord has appeared before him and said, Mighty warrior. Listen to, listen further to his response. Uh, the Lord turned to him and said. Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of the Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? I want you to look at and understand that today, just today, if, if I was supposed to be here, and I believe that I was, and if this word was supposed to be ministered to you, and I believe that it was, then just for today, God's going to challenge you to do what you can with the strength that you got, not yesterday's strength, not tomorrow's strength, just where you're at today. That's all that you and I can do. Now, you may come in here and you may be weak and you may be dragging in, and yet the minister of God, the mouth of God, the voice of God, if I can call myself that, and I feel very uncomfortable calling myself that, but I look around and there's nobody else up here. Now, I could take the attitude, well, I'm not the man, and I could just, I guess I could just sit down and wait for the man to show up or wait for somebody else to speak. But somebody told me I was supposed to speak this morning, so I am the voice of God to you, and I would say to you, all I want you to do is do it in the strength that you have. Well, I ain't got no strength. Well, do it in the strength that you have. But I'm empty. I'm on empty. It's been a rough week. Things have been going on. Where is God in my life, in my family? Christmas is on me, and, and we're broke. The money hasn't been coming in. What am I going to buy my kids? What am I going to do this? What am I going to do that? Just do it today in the strength that you have. 
Just listen to God and the strength that you have. You don't have to have a full bank account. You don't have to have a full, uh, your, your worship meter be full. <laughs> your life, the life that you've lived this past week, if somebody scrutinized it and inspected it and looked it over and opened all the closets and pulled back all the curtains and pulled back all the covers, what would they see? I'm not going to try and scare you. I don't want anybody pulling nothing on in my life. That's not what God's about. Look at where uh, Gideon has gotten himself. Through the trials and the troubles that he's gone through, look at his mindset for just a moment. This really was just an introduction, but it's turned into something else for the moment. Um, the Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. I, am I not sending you? That is all that matters. That is all that matters. God called you here today. I've got... Some folks have come here that I haven't seen in church in a little while. I didn't put the word out. I didn't get on, uh, I don't know, what's the, what is it? Facebook? I don't know how to get on Facebook. I didn't tell anybody I was going to be here. The last time I tried that, I was disappointed, hurt, offended, Whatever. So I thought, well, I'm not going there again. I could hardly preach for the first few moments for looking around thinking, well, we're, she said, what? Well, he said, what? <laughs> but some folks have shown up, and that's great, and that's wonderful. But if I send you, you've just been sent by a man. But this morning, God is sending you, sending us in the strength and know this, that he's sending us. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap. Come alive just a little bit for me. God's still God. He's sending you. He's the one. But Lord, anybody ever said, but Lord? <laughs> Probably not as many times as me. Every time I drive on the Hope House property, it seems as though I'm saying, but Lord, <laughs> me, I'm supposed to make a difference, me, do you know what's in there, Lord? <laughs> the den that you're sending me in, the lions that await me. Why hast thou sent thy servant to be devoured by the enemy? And not that they're that, but you understand and you understand what I'm saying. But Lord, Gideon asked, how can I save Israel? My clan, my family is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Notice the response. Notice his mindset. Notice this. Notice, this. you know, you, most of you don't get the privilege of working in the ministry that I have the opportunity to work in and, and with the wonderful, courageous, great women that I have to work with. 
Remember that I said that about you. We don't see and understand. You don't get the opportunity to see and understand the miracles of God. You don't see and understand when they sit and they talk with me and they describe their family and their family in, uh, history and their family environment and, and all of the troubles. And they throw their family up and they say, but how could God even care about me? Don't you know, Pastor David, where I've come from? Don't you know my family, the history, all of these things that are going on? How could God deliver me? a blessing me and I want you to remember that I said that being a blessing because if I ever get there that's what I want to talk about God wants you to be a blessing he doesn't want to just bless you he wants you to be a blessing but look at my family look at my clan and then look at me I believe go into rehab to get over this or go into this or go into that or do that or do the other me and you're asking me and God's saying yeah in the strength that you have today I'm asking you right where you stand today I'm asking you maybe I'll preach to this side for a moment so they won't get intimidated here right where you're at right what's going on in the strength that you have today with all of your problems today with the empty reading on your meter today God's saying, I'm sending you. I want you. I'm calling you out to be a blessing. I'm going to bless you so that you'll be able to bless others. And that's what it's all about. And if we can capture and grab hold of that gift and that wonderful thought and that, that way of thinking that I don't want to just be blessed, I want to be a blessing. Amen. You can go ahead and drink. And there are times that I drive up either to the Hope House or answer my phone or whatever it is. And folks, I am so unprepared to be a blessing. There's sometimes that I'm at work and I'm driving in the truck and my phone rings. And I look at it and I see a name and I know a number. I can't do that anymore because I dropped my phone in the septic tank. And I'm trying to catalog everything, if that's what term you use, or, you know, get everybody's name so that when I see your name, I'll know that I need to answer. I'm one of those that I don't answer every call, depending on the moment, but I know when someone's calling that I feel an urgency, I feel whatever it is to answer, but yet I'm driving down the road, I'm tired, I'm wore out, I'm frustrated, I've just been arguing with God. I've just been complaining to God. How, how is this? How is this God that the wicked, they continue to prosper? I know that man, God. I know him. I know his family. I know his life, and yet he prospers. And I've just been doing this, and the phone rings, and a name shows up, and God says, and the strength that you have right now, I want you to be a blessing. And I think, are you kidding me? I'm tired. 
Haven't you heard me? I've been complaining to you. Can't they call someone else? I smell like poop. I'm wore out. Call somebody else. I want to answer the phone and say, I'm sorry. David Herring is not in right now. And this is his recording. And if you would leave a message, or better still, if you would call someone more prepared to talk with you right now, you would probably be better off. Because my strength meter is reading empty, I have no earthly idea why your heavenly father would, I would leave that message, but it's too long. It cuts me off for some reason. (laughs) Be a blessing. Let me turn over, and whether you want to go there or not, it's, it's cool. Now, here is the message that I wanted to get to. And to try and shorten this thing, because I'm running out of time, well, I would go on, brother, and I'd just take my time, and I'd, we'd just linger on, but my wife would kill me. I've, I waited around this morning and waited around and waited around, thinking MAGA's going to get up. I thought to myself, I'm going to have to go into the church and explain why I'm late, tell them I've got an ox, or I've got a wife, or the truth be known, i got a MAGA. And she can't get around, she can't get out of bed, at least two people have to help her, and I kept waiting for her to wake up and to get going, and I kept waiting for my wife to wake up and to get going. Folks, it's almost 9.45, and I go into my wife's room, and I said, Connie, I've got to go. And I'm standing there in the bedroom, and she opens her eyes with all the strength that's in her body, and she looks up at me. (laughs) She's going to kill me for telling you all this. (laughs) And she says, what time is it? I feel like I've been drugged. <laughs> and I said, Connie, I don't know what you feel like, but do you want me to help you get your mother out of bed? I've got to go. And she looked at the monitor that she has. No, she's still asleep. Just please hurry back and to help me. Don't linger. She didn't say don't linger, but I, don't linger. Don't, don't take your time. Just please hurry back to help me. That's the place that I find myself in. Driving over here, I was thinking, oh, God, I, I need to get back there. I've got, I've got to help her. I don't want her to hurt herself. She's there by herself, all of these things. And I'm driving over here thinking, you got to be kidding me. I'm going to minister to these people in this frame of mind with this going on. You've got to be kidding me, God. Pastor Rhonda and Pastor Hank have lost their minds to call my number to ask me to minister. You've got to be kidding me. And God would say to me, just go in the strength that you have. If you got none, then go anyway. Because I'm sending you and you really don't need any. You really don't need any strength. I'm sending you. I'm the one that's sending you. I'm the one that's going to do it. I'm the one that's going to reveal to them who I am, what I do, and how I do it. Just go. 
Just go. And I'm asking you today, Christmas is coming. All kinds of things are happening. All kinds of things are going on. But I'm just asking you in the name of Jesus, like you've done in the past, just show up. You say, oh, but Pastor David, I've shown up and it didn't turn out too well. It doesn't matter. You're not a good judge of anything anyway. You think the world is ending and the sky is falling. And honest to God, most of us ought to have a mandatory mandate over us that we wear the chicken little shirt. The sky is falling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Because that's our attitude, that's our approach, that's our way of thinking. Anything that comes along, the sky is falling. And yet we don't realize who sent us, who's backing us, who's behind us, who's gone before us. It's God, it's God, it's God. I can't get too excited. My heart won't let me praise the Lord, but if it would, hallelujah. I've always wanted to turn one of those little cartwheel things in church, but I guess it's past me. Go in the strength. Hallelujah. I'm with you, brother. Can you help me up once I uh, make a fool of myself? All right. Um, here we are in uh, 1 Kings chapter 17. This is the widow of Zarephath. Uh, let's see. Where do I want to start to cut this short? Um, uh, let me just start up at verse 7, I guess. Sometime later, the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land by the word of the prophet that's speaking and that we're reading from. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Go at once to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. I have commanded a widow in that place to supply you with food. Notice the commanding. Notice how the word of God says, I have commanded a widow, a woman, Notice this. It's very important that you see this. I don't believe by the attitude and by the approach that she's taking and that we'll understand in just a moment. I don't believe that God came to her and said, look, I'm sending a man over here. And he's going to be hungry and I want you to supply him with food. Do you hear me? Do you understand? This is what I want you to do. No, it wasn't that. Yet. We understand in reading this passage of Scripture and how it's laid out. And that's the only way that I want to study the Word of God anymore. I don't want to add to it and go to this book. and go, If it says it, I want to believe it. If it says it, I want to preach it. And I want to preach it just that way. Now, you can look it up and you can break it down and you can dissect it and you can do all of these things if you want to. But if it says it, I simply want to believe it. I want to read it. I want to preach it. I want to teach it. I want you to hear it. And it says, there's a woman that I have commanded, not with words, but with circumstances. If you're going to be a blessing, really, if you're going to be a... We think being a blessing and the ability to be a blessing is having a lot. Is our bank account running over? Is our life so much in line with God that the angels fall and worship us as we walk by? Oh, sinless woman or man of God, great art thou. God is saying to his mouthpiece, to the prophet, to the man of God, there's a woman that I've commanded. 
not with word, but with circumstance. I've brought a famine. She's without. You're going to run into a woman that's hopeless. We're about to see it. That's hopeless. That's so far down that she can't even look. When she looks up, she sees the floor, the bottom. That's how far down she is. She is so far down that she's that day, that very day is going out to gather a few sticks because all that she has left is just a little bit of flour and a little bit of oil. And in her mind and in her way of thinking, this is it. This is the last meal. This is, this is all there is. And then me and my son are going to die. How in the world could God use somebody like that? Oh, God only uses those that are full of faith. Let me encourage you where you're at. I don't care if you're faithless. I don't care if your meter is on empty. I don't care. I've been there. Here of late, it's seemingly that I live there. But I don't care what comes or what goes. Every morning I'm going to get up, put my feet on the floor, without faith, hopeless, Without dreams, all of these things, I'm still going to put my feet on the floor and I'm going to ask God, what is it you want me to do today? Will you go before me? Will you go with me? Will you simply send me? And if you send me, even if you don't go with me, if I know you've sent me, it'll be all right. That's God's working. That's the way God works. So when those of us that are full of trouble... Those of us that were preparing our last meal, those of us that were trying to split up a paycheck that's only equipped to pay three bills and we got to pay six. Anybody ever been there? When you look at your gas hand and it's near empty and you look at your bank account and it's Past empty. I used to love the color red. <laughs> Reminded me of my beloved bulldogs. Till my gas hand at the end where it says empty is red. And my bank account when somebody says, you're in the red, I used to think, yeah, go dogs! <laughs> Little did I know, they were saying to me I was broke. So if you're in the red, don't you worry. Somebody's with you. Somebody's sending you. Somebody's walking with you who's in the black. Amen. Who's got it. Who owns all the hills, all the cattle all the taters, all the anything else. He, he has it. You say, but oh, look at me, look at me. Look, at, I'm without faith. I'm ready to, to cook my last meal. This is it. The world is ending. The world is ending. The sky is falling. You know what most of our problems are? What the most of us, do you know what our problem is? That is, I'm trying to put together a message for whenever. Um, and the title of it would be, Are You a Spiritual Beaver? 
or you're a spiritual blessing. If you understand the mentality of a beaver, you would understand that he wants everything. He wants all of the water. He wants it all. He'll take a stream of water that so many are living out of and enjoying, and it's a blessing in their lives. He'll take that and he'll dam it up. And then when that reservoir, that area gets full and it's spilling over somewhere, he'll go over and dam that up. And he'll dam it up to where there's no escape. And you know what happens to water that's no escape, that there's only an inlet and not an outlet. It becomes stagnant and old and not worth anything. Well, that's just the way he seemingly likes it. And that's just the way many Christians that I rub shoulders with and walk with and even myself at times seemingly likes it. Bless me. Bless me. Give me a blessing. Little do I know and little does this widow of Zarephath know that she's called to be a blessing. Not just to be blessed, not just to be sustained, not just for one day, but for two days. Not just for two days, but for a month. Not just for a month, but for a year. God's going to sustain. Will it be with plenty? Will she walk into her kitchen and see her pantry full? No. Will it be with plenty with you and I even in his last days? I don't believe so. Those that see God, those that walk in real joy, those that walk in real peace, walk by faith, believing that I'm still God's man, I'm still God's woman. I don't care what my circumstances say. I don't care what I believe today. Folks, I've been doing this for longer than a minute. And I've seen a lot of things. I've held to the opinion at times that the Christian army is the only army that seemingly kills their wounded. They don't even doctor them and help them and get, wait for them to get healthy. They murder them and kill them and throw them into the gutters. I've seen churches split. I've seen my own life tragedy hit. I've seen my, my life, my personal life, looking at myself in the mirror and considering myself nothing more than a failure. I'm at empty. I'm no good. He's left me. He's gone. He's, he's changed directions, whatever. He's no longer with me. I've been a Gideon. I've been there. But you know, the key is, the secret is, all we've got to do is think another way. All we've got to do is look at it another way. All Gideon had to do with being the least of his clan and his clan being the least of all the other people, all he had to do was believe the word of God that came to him. And this morning I challenge you, all you've got to do is just believe what I'm saying to you. And, and see it as though, I'm not saying it, but it truly is the word of God. You're, cup your hand. Everybody just cup your hand and look in it. That's right where you are. You're in the hand, the palm of God. You're right there, and he knows where you're at. He hasn't lost your address. He hasn't lost my address. He knows right where you are. I don't care how many times you've failed. I don't care how many times you've tried to do this and do it a better way. I don't care. He's still a God of second chances. If ever the Hope House gets criticism, it's in that one particular area. Well, you know, just... Another chance, another chance, another chance. <laughs> yeah, I treat them on the same principle that I try to treat myself.
If I ever stop giving myself another chance, let alone God giving me another chance, I'm in trouble. But today I'm going to give myself another chance. In spite of the fact that everything around me says empty, empty, empty. I'm going to give myself another chance because I was asked to minister and I went into the word of God and I read where Gideon said, it's this and it's that. And where is he? Where are the miracles? Where's God gone? And he's not just talking about for one day, but he's talking about months and years. And where is God? And, where is, and, and we've been captured and now we're being held captive. And where is God? Let me try to get somewhere real quick in 10 minutes. Where was I? Commanded a widow. So he went. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, Would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may have a drink? As she was going away to get it, he called, And bring me, please, a piece of bread. Here's the hopelessness. Here's where she's at. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in, in a jar and a little oil in a jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat and die. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Oh, wow. I, I don't know how convincing Elijah was. Elijah was. But there are times when I speak into somebody's life, most especially because right now my calling seems to be the Hope House, and I hate to keep putting it in there, but I can only give you what I got. I can only go in the strength that I got. But I sit with him and I say, Do this. Do this. And they say, oh, pastor, but, but, but this, but that, but the other. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. I say to them, don't be afraid. Do this. I'll say that to them and driving up in the driveway. Before I even got there and stepped out of my vehicle, driving up in the driveway, I was battling fear. I was gripped with fear. Battling through the last week, fear of this and fear of that. Uh, folks, I, I have no other way of knowing how to minister to you than right where I am at. The only thing that I can say to you is I've shown up this morning with the only suit that I own or the only suit that fits me. I don't know what it is about suits hanging in a closet. And they shrink. I don't understand that. I've, I've got to investigate that and see if it's the humidity or, or what's going on. But they shrink. But I have shown up with, with empty this, with empty that, and here I am this morning, and here I am to say to you, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God has sent me. I was tempted to... When I was talking with Pastor Hank over the phone, I was tempted to say to him, no. I mean, I, I, I was so close to say no. But I just couldn't get those words out. And it, it's nothing about offending him or being afraid or anything. It was just I couldn't get those words out. 
And after I hung up with him, I was thinking, man, I just should have told him no. It's just too much trouble. Look at my life. Look at what's going on. I got MAGA issues. I got wife issues. I got business issues. I got family issues. I got issues. Why me, God? Am I the only minister that they know? Surely not, and I know that that's not the case. Why me? There's got to be a minister out there with less issues than my issues. My issues lately have been having babies, and we've been birthing issues. And God says, no, it's you, it's you, it's you. Just go in the strength that you have. Little David, just go. I'm sending you. That's all you need. And when I heard those words, I'm sending you, it was over. I was coming. No matter what, I was coming. If I made a fool out of myself, if, if they never asked me to minister and preach again, if they say, boy, that guy's got issues, we can't ask him. If that's the case, then so be it. But this morning, I'm going to proclaim to you, in spite of all my issues, God sent me, and God wants you to hear this morning. I don't care if you've prepared your last meal. I don't care if there's nothing here or nothing there. He's still God. And he doesn't want to just bless you, but he wants you to be a blessing. Everything that happens in our lives is to get us to the bottom of ourselves, to empty us of ourselves. Would you rather be full of yourself or full of God? Surely you're going to answer that question, full of God. Don't you know and understand the times that you're in his presence and worshiping and, and you can feel him and you know he's all over you and he's moving around? You can have that. And you can have that without a fight or without struggle if you empty yourself of yourself. And you called for his help and you said, I can't do this, Lord, help me. And your heavenly father said to you, the only way that I can help you is to empty you of you and fill you with me. And that's what's happening. And the troubles that you and I are going through isn't about sin and the sin that you've committed or the, the good things that you haven't done. It's not about those things. I would that all of us would live righteous lives. I would that all of us would be filled and running over with faith all of the time. Right now, I could look at my faith meter and, man, it's sky high. Hallelujah to God. I could run through a troop and jump over a wall. I can barely walk sometimes, <laughs> praise the Lord. But you get the Spirit of God going. You tell me about his word. You say that he's, send, his, that he's sending me, and I'm all over it. I'm in it. Make me a little cake first. I'm going to bless you, but you're going to bless others. I'm going to, don't be a spiritual beaver, damming up and stopping up and, and hoarding and keeping it on yourself. Don't be that. It's, it's wonderful and it's beautiful for a little short period of time. And then it becomes stagnant. And then we're crying out for more. And we're crying out, God, fill me up. And our Heavenly Father's saying, but you're already full. 
you won't let it go. You won't be a blessing. You won't be a gift to someone else. I asked you to bake me a little cake first, and you kept it to yourself. I can tell you what would have happened with this widow had she taken that approach. The meal would have run out. There's so much more I wanted to share with you. I wanted to talk with you about the widow that had two sons. And the collector came. And the, the husband that died, she said to the prophet, you know my husband. You know how he loved the Lord and how he honored God and how he lived his life in honor of God. You know him. And the prophet said, what do you want? What have you got? What do you have? And she said, all I've got is a little oil. That's all that's needed. And this morning I would say to you, what have you got? What's in your hand? What's going on? If it's just one little cup of meal, one little jug of oil, that's all God wants. All he wants, you may not have anything. When the offering was taken this morning, you may not have been in position to give anything. And you say, oh, pastor, I used to bless the Lord. I used to give. I used to this, that, and the other. Then what happened? God wants our everything. And this isn't about money. I don't expect, nor do I want to be paid for this. This isn't about money. This is about you being blessed today and tomorrow, your spirit being changed. I could take you over to Romans 12, and I'd say to you, you've got to be transformed. This morning, had I not forgotten it, Logan, my grandson Logan, loves Legos. That's how you say it, right? Not logos, Legos, yeah. And his mother loves Legos. And they love to put them together. And he's got such beautiful ones. But you know something? It took one piece at a time. It came in a box, and if you scattered it out, it was really nothing. It was just really ugly to look at. But if you took the time and you had the patience to sit with it, and you sat there and you put it together, then it was something beautiful. And I'm saying to you, you're, heaven, you're just a box of Legos. But you let God get a hold of you, and something beautiful's going to come out of it. Because he's God. He's not abandoned you. He's not abandoned this church. He's not abandoned to me. His purpose, his calling, all of those things, they haven't changed. One of the things that I've been going through in closing, I guess I'll close, I'll try to. One of the things I've been going through is battling with my calling and, you know, the Hope House. I've pretty much understood that my calling as a minister, a pastor of a church, and preaching every Sunday or whatever it is pretty much has been laid aside or put aside, that sort of thing. And now I'm trying to give as much as I can to the Hope House. But because of different things, I've even questioned maybe it's my time to step down, to step aside, get somebody else, do something else. Lord, will you, will you answer me? And I keep crying out, and I keep talking to him, and I don't hear anything. And I'm not very smart, but I'm smart enough with this. If I don't hear him say something, I don't do something. 
You know, if I don't hear him, if I don't feel it in my spirit, if I don't know exactly that God has said, yes, it's time, do this, look for that, go here, whatever, I just stay. And I just sit with it no matter what the mess that it is. Well, she sat with it, and she was obedient, and she made a cake, and she brought water, and she did what she was supposed to do, and everything seemed lovely and wonderful. Every day she went there, it was there. Until one day, her son became sick. And her son didn't get better, he got worse. To the point that he stopped breathing. And notice what she says, if I can find it here. Sometime later, the son of the woman who owned the house became ill. He grew worse and worse and finally stopped breathing. She said to Elijah, what do you have against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my sin and kill my son? Did you come? You know, it's amazing people's past. It always seems to hold on to them in every situation, in every circumstance, and what's going on. But with this woman, Elijah said, where is he? Bring him to me. Take him upstairs. Lay on him three times and command the Lord to bring his life or command the, the uh, life to come back into his body. Brings him down to the woman, and notice how the woman's thought process is starting to change. And that's all I want from you. <clears throat> Elijah picked up the child and carried him down from the room into the house. This is verse 23. He gave him to his mother and said, look, your son is alive. Then the woman said to Elijah, now I know that you are the man of God. And that the word of the Lord is from your mouth and that it is true. Now I know. And the only thing that I can ask of you is at least for this day, for you to leave here and know that if you've been sent of God, if God's called you out, if he's ever heard you wherever you are, know it's a process. You want to be transformed? You want to be changed? You want to be obedient to the word of God? You know what God tells us to do? what we are to evolve into, the very image of his son. They called them Christians first in Antioch. Why? Because their personalities, their actions, everything they did reminded them of Jesus. And you and I are called, but I'm telling you the truth. God never has, nor will he ever, Fill a vessel that's filthy and dirty and full of nothing but faithless, hopeless, dread, depressions, all of at least for today. Can we turn it up and pour it out? At least for today, can we ask God to fill us with this kind of faith, with this kind of obedience? I'd ask you to do what God's told you to do, not because you feel like it. If I quit every time I got tired and didn't feel like going, I would have, you would have had to bring a camera to my bedroom and I would have turned over and said, what, what? I feel like I've been drugged. <laughs> I didn't feel like it. I wasn't even convinced that I was the man. 
But he said, go, I'm sending you, and I came, and I'm here. And all you can do today, and in this season, and whatever's this season is the worst out of all of the time of year, this season is the worst for suicides, depression, hopelessness, all of these things. And I'm saying to you, it's not what you don't have. It's who you do have. That's all that matters. It really is. And Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray over this congregation. And Lord, those that are struggling, those that seemingly don't have,